Cafe. World is full of wonders. Fade Walker. Tea. The Fade Cafe. Sneaky son of a... 3G. The Fade Cafe. Welcome to the Fade Cafe! Oh my gosh, it has been a minute. I'm Cafe 3G, he, him. And I'm Eddie, Unifade Walker, also he, him. And I know it's been a long time since we've recorded, but hey, we're back! We're back! You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just been a while. You know, life has been a lot lately, and in the United States, life things... Is, you know what? A lot of my time has been p- uh, focused on activism and some community engagement and community uplifting, so I've kind of been a little off the radar uh, in terms of making content online and, and all of that, but... That's that's my excuse. It's a bad excuse, but here we are. <laughs> nah, it's valid. Like real life will always come first, and you can't like um you, you you can't be mad at people for for having to deal with real life over social media and stuff. I wish other people would deal with real life before social media. Sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they would, you know, that would be kind of great. But in the meantime, uh, there hasn't really been a whole lot of Dreadwolf news. Um. Because, you know, it's it's still coming at some point in the next couple of years. Uh, not coming in 2023. We have had that confirmed. Uh, and we have had it confirmed that it is entirely possible that it will be coming sometime maybe in 2024, late 2024, but we're not we're not totally certain on that just yet. Yeah, it's one of those things where people I know are mad about it. People are always going to be mad about it, but ultimately if you look at the track record of Dragon Age, like Dragon Age 2 was made in like a year and then uh, Dragon Age Inquisition was crunched, it came out very buggy, very incomplete, lots of character stories were just like washed over and ignored. And we don't want that from a game anymore. We really don't. We want them to spend the time, I say it all the time, we want them to spend the time so that the devs can produce something that they want and uh, something that they can be proud of. So I personally am not mad about it. Like it's going to be released when it's going to be released. I feel like they've been under pressure, especially from the fans. Oh yeah. To produce some kind of update. And of course, if you're under pressure to produce something, it's going to be rushed and things are allowed to change. Like maybe story arcs or development like needs to take a longer time to process. Maybe they're redoing things. Maybe they're just like fine tuning things the way that it's it's meant to be after like testing and stuff. We don't know, but that's not the point. The point is, is that we want something that is fully realized and enjoyable and um, if it's going to take another year to do it, then I say I say do it. Take as much time as y'all need, Bioware. We know that you are going to release something that we will. Well, some of the fandom is probably going to enjoy it as soon as it comes out the gate. There's probably going to be a segment of the fandom that is going to hate whatever you put out. And, and that is just kind of the nature of game development, especially with a fandom as large as Dragon Age. You're going to have people that are going to be excited, some people who are not going to be excited. And I mean, you know, you can't please everyone. And I'm excited to see what they finally come out with. Because this will be the first project that doesn't have David Gator uh, attached to Mm -hmm. it as well. So, and I'm I'm curious how uh, uh, you know Patrick Weeks and uh, and and everyone else is going to kind of take the next step in the series and like what that step is going to be. I'm trying to keep my hopes moderated right now because I do have high hopes that it will have some very good representation. Um, I, I just worry story-wise how it's being developed, but again, you know, we're not going to know until we know. So it's, it's not, I'm not losing sleep over it, if that makes any sense. I know. I really feel like people are 
already reviewing a game that hasn't even been released. Exactly. And right. That's yeah. Yeah. The problem. Uh-huh. They're setting themselves up to hate it, especially when they compare it to other games, which we'll get into in a minute. But when you're already setting yourself up to hate something before you've even played the game, I mean, that's really the big L here. Like, I really encourage fans of the Dragon Age community to just be patient and to expect the best, but also, like, not expect to... Like, it's one of those things where if you go in with your expectations so high, there's nothing that's... You're only going to be disappointed. So just go in... um, open-minded and and let them take the time that they need to develop a great game with great stories and great characters and try not to build yourself up to hate the game before it's even released. It's it's all that. And also, look, we've got a lot of other games that have come out in the last year uh, that are phenomenal RPGs. Uh, I mean, I should say the last several years, we've had some phenomenal RPGs that have come out that can kind of tide us over from here until Dreadwolf. Um, I mean, you know, Disco Elysium is is incredible. Fraught development history aside, it is an incredible game and an incredible role-playing experience. More recently, however, there's another game that Eddie and I have both been playing that we are very excited to talk about, and it is called Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3! Yes, it is. Oh my god! Oh my god. Like, this is... I am feeling as I'm playing this, like I'm playing Dragon Age Origins for the first time. Like, it's an... It's... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so funny because like, I just want to touch on Dragon Age Origins really quickly, just because um, thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think people, I think people forget that the origins of Dragon Age Origins was that the devs wanted to make their own D&D inspired game. They wanted to make a Dungeons and Dragons inspired game. And I can't remember the fine details. I'm sure people in the comments will correct me, but they couldn't get the licensing for it or something. So they were basically told, right, okay, go away make your own version of the game, make it um, what you can. And and that's how Dragon Age begun. That's the origins of Dragon Age. It is meant to be a D&D inspired game. And I saw somebody on Twitter thanking Baldur's Gate for allowing them to like kiss their cute companions. And then I saw somebody reply being like, Dragon Age did it first. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, come on. Not only did Dragon Age let us like kiss our cute companions, but there was right from the very very beginning a representation by representation good representation dragon age origins is a little bit weird with the trans representation but the devs have since apologized for that and made up with it with uh, characters like creme and uh mayveris um mm-hmm. so like it's a it's a learning curve for everyone and we fully fully appreciate obviously we fully appreciate our trans representation now in the later dragon age games but that's where Dragon Age came from. Dragon Age came from Dungeons and Dragons. And the fact that Bioware also were the developers on the original Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 as well. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're totally mm-hmm. correct. It was it was the entire thing. Like, I think I don't know if they wanted to make another Baldur's Gate game and they lost the, the, mm-hmm. the rights to it. But it happened when um, when EA bought Bioware. It was like during that acquisition, they lost the rights to uh, to Dungeons and Dragons. But yeah, again, it, I'm sure somebody knows uh, uh, the story much better than, than we do off the top of our heads. Um, but yeah, no. So it was Baldur's Gate originally walked so that Dragon Age could run and so that mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3 could sprint. So that's yes. kind of where we are. It's kind of come full circle here. And it's... It's amazing. 
Yes, so people keep saying they're saying that it's um, rewriting the map or it's rewriting RPGs and um, other RPG companies should be afraid because this is the future of RPG gaming, which is an interesting thing to say because we have to remember not everybody is into D&D. Um, I've seen a bunch of people say that they hate turn-based gameplay, which is essentially D&D. Like you can't yeah. not do turn-based um, stuff with D&D because that's how D&D works on the table. But me coming from Final Fantasy, like turn-based raised me and I don't care about stuff like that. So it's everything I've ever wanted and more. It's literally like you say, like sitting down at your PC and playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that is so exciting. Like, so not only is the story fantastic, not only are the characters great, but I'm playing my favorite game that normally you need other people to play. And it, it's 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 so good because like if if for example you've got like a session planned and everybody cancels it happens every single DM out there knows the struggle of getting all your <laughs> players at the table at one time and you need that D and D fix go and play some Baldur's Gate it is exactly what it says on the tin it is a Dungeons and Dragons game and it plays exactly how Dungeons and Dragons Five E plays and it's great. Honestly, the it. most unbelievable thing about the world of Baldur's Gate 3 is the fact that seven player characters managed to find time in their busy adult schedules to get together in game. <laughs> Literally, they show up every single session, every yeah. single time. I know. They're always at the table. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, too, is have you played Divinity or any of the Divinity games? I have not. OK, so after you play Baldur's Gate 3, go and play Divinity Original Sin 2. Don't worry about one. One is it's fine. It's a good RPG. Mm -hmm. But two is still to this day one of my top five favorite games of all time. I played that through uh, when I first got it on Switch of all places. Um, I played it through all the way to the end and then I immediately loaded up a new save and uh, played it through again all the way through and then went back and played it again. I, I played it four times in a row. I, I think I have something to the effect of like 1500 hours in that dumb game. I say what? dumb, but it is an incredible RPG, and it has yeah. a lot of the same elements that Baldur's Gate 3 does, and it has a couple of extra things that I'm kind of hoping Larian adds to Baldur's Gate 3. Like, there's a um, uh, uh, a few of the, the free updates for uh, DOS 2 were uh, increased movement speed, where it was like, mm -hmm. turn this on, and it's like you're always dashing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think would be really, really helpful. Um, there's also a much more robust crafting system, and there are some elements that are still in Baldur's Gate 3 that are reminiscent of the crafting system in um, in Divinity. So, for example, you know, you pick up, like, rope and hammers and nails and, like, random stuff that does nothing. It just clogs your inventory. Well, all of that yeah. stuff were for the crafting system that was in Divinity Original Sin 2. If you yeah. like, for example, you could combine the boots that your character is wearing with nails. You no longer slip on on uh, slippery surfaces. It's it's oh, just, but that's great. Isn't that great? Like it's just phenomenal role playing. I I know I know several players that I DM for that would literally do that at the table in a D and D game. Like it's it's an in 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 innovation innovative say the word say the word innovation innovation. It's it's like um. Innovative thinking. I can't quite English Innovative. right now. I'm too Scottish for this. Yeah, that word. Yeah. It's that kind of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't say croissant. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, if if the, the croissant yeah. is cut correctly. <laughs> Actually blushing? I couldn't say the word. Well, look, uh, some players have actually uh, gotten so excited about the way Baldur's Gate 3 relates to Dragon Age that they've actually created mods to make it a little bit more like Dragon Age, um, increasing some of the uh, uh, options that you can have in character creation. And we're going to get to our characters here in a little bit. So increasing some of the, uh, the the options that you can have for your character creation um, to make it to add like uh, the Valasleen to the uh, to elven faces. There's also um, a mod that allows for a constant over the shoulder camera so that it's like Dragon Age Inquisition. I mean, I personally, I don't know how that would work with this game because zooming out is so important. Um, so important, but I, I get it. Like if you want, if you want the game to play a little bit more like Dragon Age Origins, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's Why so, not? It's, it's so strange to me because it's like the Dragon Age fandom is just so obsessed and so desperately clinging to Dragon Age that they want to turn Baldur's Gate into a Dragon Age game. It's so bizarre. Like I've seen um, critters do it for Critical Role. Like you can get mods now that that make you look like the Critical Role characters, and they're stunning. But I don't see the Critical Role um, fandom trying to make it into like a Critical Role thing. I, I don't know how they would, because obviously Critical Role is Dungeons and Dragons. But right now, and I mean this with the greatest respect, guys, to everybody who is listening, because I know that the fandom listens to us. But stop it, please! It's getting weird. <laughs> It's getting weird and obsessive, please. <laughs> Dragon Age, we need to just appreciate that other people can have games, that other people can like make things, and and it doesn't always have to be Dragon Age. Now, to be fair, <laughs> Dreadwolf is a long way away, and people cope in different ways. However, I agree with you. It's like, <laughs> I mean, this game is its own game. I will say the modding community for uh, for Baldur's Gate 3 is very good. There have been a couple of mods, though, that I have seen that I'm like, just fucking stop. It's the same people, uh, the same people that like change the um, the skin color of uh, uh, of of certain characters like Vivienne. They'll change her skin color. Um, there are a what? few. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there's there's mods for Dragon Age where you can do that. There's also now mods for um, uh, uh, for Baldur's Gate three that change Will's skin color, and it just Gross. makes me want to vomit. It's awful, Get absolutely it. fucking awful. Get the hell out of here with your racist bullshit. Put it in the bin. It's like it's like the mods that turn Dorian straight. I'm like, get it in the bin. No, no, no. Put yeah, it in the bin the right now. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Awful. <laughs> no. Awful. Absolutely awful. No, we don't. We don't want that. That is not a part of uh, uh, of the community. That's not a part of the Dragon Age fandom. Well, okay, there are some people within the Dragon Age fandom that are like that, but you're not a part of the Dragon Age fandom. You all are a bunch of sick jerk offs. Like, yeah, stop that. Yeah, no, it's not okay. Don't do that. Just accept the characters as they are. Uh, accept all of the characters as they are and as they are presented by the uh, by the developers, because they have some very specific things in mind for these characters for representation. And Baldur's Gate 3 does some pretty incredible things with character representation. 
I mean, hell, why don't we just start going? Let's talk about our characters a little bit. Do you want to uh, tell me a little bit about your OC? My uh, character is based on my actual bard that I play in D&D. He's the closest thing to like a self-insert that I have, but I don't think of him as me. Uh, When I say self-insert, I just mean like, you know, when you're at the table and you're role-playing a character, you're, you're thinking in your head, how would my character respond in this situation? Well, my self-insert character is a self-insert because it's like, how would I react in this? It's He's the easiest one to play because he takes the least amount of thought, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> he's a bard tiefling. He's yellow because yellow is my favourite colour. His name is Ian. It's Irish. It means little flame or little fire. Um, and he is just chaos incarnate. Um, and I fucking love him. He's so funny. Um, I love all the bard options that you get because obviously like i asked my twitter uh, my my twitch following like what class do you see me as and it was just bard 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 you're always making jokes you're always singing you're always sassy you're always sarcastic you're you're a bard and i'm like that'll do i can see it so, oh yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah he's um he's he, he lost an eye recently yes so he's only got one eye uh-huh so we were all kind of shook about that, but now it's kind of grown on us that he's got this one normal eye and this other eye is like black and on fire. Um, it's just great. It's great going through the campaign with him. Like I say, um, he's a college of lore because when I play Dragon Age, I'm all about the lore. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense that I would play a college of lore bard. Uh, and like I say, his name is A and he's a yellow tiefling and he is um, so fun to play. So my character is, uh, he is also a, uh, a D&D OC that I made several years ago and continuing You've my, got to. Uh, yeah, continuing my trend of creating D&D characters with absolutely buck wild names. Uh, his name is Grundlebreaker Hoofenbrock. He is a is. tiefling monk because if yes. you're queer, you have to play as a tiefling, right? Like that's your, exactly. Your it's like, oh, you're gay. What color is your tiefling? Yeah, right. Like- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pale purple skin. Uh, He's got horns that are like the ram's horns. And um, the way that I played him. Oh, he has very thick black eyeshadow. And there's a very important reason why. Um, Mine does too. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to send you. uh, And and in fact, what we should do after this is we should absolutely post pictures of our OCs. uh, If you want to do that. That's a brilliant idea. Um, Because uh, Grundle is... Uh, yeah, he is my my D&D character. I played him for many years. And in my campaign, he was a teenager. So he was an mm. emo teenager who was just all about the bands, man. And like he would listen <laughs> to music and he would listen to all the heaviest music. And, you know, his favorite band of all time uh, was uh, Monk Mononoff. Monk Mononoff was his favorite band of all time. And they were like a heavy metal band in Faerun. Um, I love it. He's he is ridiculous and I love him very much. Uh, The one thing about him, and this is something that like a lot of people when they're going into these kinds of games are probably not going to connect with immediately is he is asexual. So when it comes to Mm -hmm. going in romance and characters, a lot of the characters in Baldur's Gate 3 will come on to you. And Mm -hmm. his immediate response is, nah, sorry, I'm not interested. Nope, nope, not interested. So I'm, I'm being very specific about not romancing anybody. Even though I, I, you know, me, the player, am like, I really want a romance. Uh, you know, I'm a Starian, of course, everyone does. Mm-hmm. And Carlac, of course, everyone does. Um, or mm-hmm. even Shadowheart, of course, everyone does. I'm like, but that's not Grundle. 
Grundle doesn't mm-hmm. do that. He is he is ace. So for him, it's it's like I I've got all these friends around me, and I'm I'm happy with all of my friends. So he's just good friends with everyone. Yeah, um, my bard is uh, pansexual, demisexual, but I do have, and I am planning on making my wizard, who I actually play in D and D, who is asexual. And when I play my wizard, I will be playing him in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. He's there for companionship, not for like the act itself. He is incredibly um, asexual. So when people will flirt with my wizard, I'll be playing him in the same way, just kind of like, that's great and all, but nah, it's all right. Uh, friends, want a drink? Do you know what I mean? Like just some, just, it'll just be <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah, exactly. I'm really interested to see how that companionship develops as the game goes on, because in uh, Dragon Age, there are, there is the ability to have good friendships with characters that does not become sexual. And I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. Like it's, it, it is possible. There are a couple of romances, not very many that you can have that are non-sexual romances. Um, but I'm curious to see how Larian handles that as the game progresses. I'm up to act three now and I've had to push off basically everybody in my party. <laughs> Cause that's, it, it's just a, uh, it's just the thing that they do. I, I just sent my character to you so now you can see. I can uh, see him. He looks great. I'm trying to see if I've got a picture of mine to send back. Yeah. Give me yeah, yeah. One minute. It's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal, but like, I feel like, uh, the other thing about this is that obviously Grundle is getting along very well with Shadowheart because she's also an emo kid. Um, and there, like, again, she's, she's tried to romance him now twice and he's, he said, no, 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 I'm not interested, but now they're friends. And like, if you look at their, uh, uh, companionship thing, I think she's probably the best friend he has in the game right now compared to all of the other characters who I pretty much swap out at, uh, at will, but <laughs> at will, um, at so, will, ah, uh, no, I keep will in my party for a very good reason because Grundle is not very charismatic, but will is, <laughs> That's the good thing about playing a bard is that we're yep. all charisma casters. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's so fun to like bring your companions in as you need them. Uh, oh, hey, I need to pick this lock. Well, Grundle can do that a little bit because he's a monk and he's got really high uh, sleight of hand. But we bring Astarian in and he's got advantages on everything and he can pick something. If he rolls a two, he could probably still pick a lock with a DC of 20. So uh mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of ridiculous, but it's so much fun to go through this and like learn more about the characters, learn more about the lore. There's a lot of little details, too, that are uh, references to other major D&D campaigns. I saw a tombstone that said, here lies uh, M.T. Uh, as in Molly Mock Tea Leaf. Uh, it could be somebody oh. else, but that could it, maybe it's that. But the grave was open, so that was why I looked at it and I went, "Ah, I wonder if that's it. I wonder if that's a crit roll reference. It's pretty cool." I'm looking at your tiefling now, and I love him. Oh, He's I love him so much. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, no. So like, I, and the character creator is so great. One of the things that I love is that they've decoupled body type and genitals, and also voice, if I remember right. So you can kind of that is correct. Uh, uh, you could you could create trans characters in this game. Now, I we did run into a thing. Uh, Nerdy and I were talking about this a little bit, where she wanted to create a character that had a bit more of a slender body type, but is still a man. And there wasn't mm-hmm. really an option for that. It was only like mostly female body types are the ones that have um, that 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 are more slender than uh, but the the masculine body types are a lot more 
uh, a lot more broad. So she kind of had to compromise with that. But there are mods that fix that. And I'm sure that Larian in the future is going to change that as well. But it's still pretty cool that you can create trans characters. You can create non-binary characters and everybody in the game will refer to you as non-binary. Pretty rad, actually. That's what I did for my bard. As soon as I saw the non-binary option, I was like, that one, please. Um, I literally have the the slimmest male um, figure on my character that I just sent you. And, and he, he seems pretty uh, lean rather than like buff, like the, the, mm -hmm. the larger one. It's either you're either short and lean or tall and buff. Like yeah. those are the two options. So um, that's not the worst thing in the entire world. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to have like maybe short, shorter two options, larger two options. That might be that might be good for the future yeah. if we have to nitpick something. But yeah, it's pretty fantastic that, that everything is now sectioned. So you you can choose what voice you want. The voice isn't governed by what build you you um, make, and it's it's not also governed by um, the genitalia that you can pick as well. Um, personally, for myself. As someone on the ACE spectrum, I turned genitalia off there for two go, yeah. reasons. For two reasons. One, I don't care to see it. I don't care to think about it. I don't want it. It's a wonderful thing that they, I don't want it to not be there. Um, I think it's a good thing to include. But me personally, um, the last thing I want to see, even on my own character, is his junk. So I turned it off, but I also turned it off because I stream it on Twitch. And um, I know that it's not an issue on Twitch because it's not focused. It has to be like um, part of the game and uh, part of the ship, part of the crew. Do you know what I mean? It's like Twitch won't be too uh, bad about it. But um, again, there are people in my uh, community who are like me and are just like, like I get, I get shy whenever the romance scenes, even in Dragon Age, whenever I'm streaming and there are people watching and my car, my, my Inquisitor and Dorian start, you know, like kissing and stuff. I like slink off to the side, just be like, okay, I'll be right back. Cause that's just how I am. So I like that there is also an opportunity to turn that off. It's very inclusive in many ways. And I highly like I want to thank Larian for not just including everything being separate sections, but for also having the inclusion of, would you like a fig leaf instead? And I'm like, yes, please. I would love a fig leaf. That would be marvelous. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want surprise dick. Yeah. Thanks. That's great. I appreciate <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of when I played uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and I romanced PB. Um, I had to uh, I, I had to turn on blur on my stream because that romance scene is and I mean, a lot of the romance scenes in uh, in Mass Effect Andromeda are pretty explicit. So I was like, oh, I don't know what I can show here. And so I turned on blur and I was like, mm -hmm, I don't know. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. And I didn't. And it was fine. But still, yeah, it, yeah. I, I'm glad that they have that option for people who don't want you know, full frontal nudity in in every aspect. I'm not streaming Baldur's Gate, so I'm, I'm <laughs> and I'm and I'm sexual, so I'm fine seeing the genitalia. But I do see how other people are not going to be OK with it. I did think it was really entertaining that in their patch notes recently, they um, they had to update it because uh, genitalia was clipping through some of the Gith Yankee armor. <laughs> Oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh my god! You're trying to like focus on a roll, and it's just swinging there outside of the arm. <laughs> well, this is a different type of jiggle physics that we're used to. So, hey, equality! Equality! Are we complaining? It's no. all about equality. Oh, that's right. It's phenomenal. Oh.
so uh, uh, so who is your character romancing? If you don't mind me Astarian. asking, Astarian. Yeah. Astarian. Yeah. He's, God, he's I so couldn't good. resist him. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> Gosh, his romance. And we're not going to get we're not going to go too deep into spoilers here because uh, there are some people. I mean, the game is relatively new. It's only a couple of weeks old at the time of this recording. So, you know, most people are going to be experiencing the story as they want to. We're, maybe we'll talk about spoilers and, and, and whatnot, you know, in the future. But and I know right now, too, um, I, you know, like I said, I have like 107 hours. I'm in act three now. Um, so I know a lot of the stuff that happens through throughout the story. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Me who has to look at everything. Me who has yes. to explore everything. Me Everywhere. who literally will not move on until every inch of the map has been covered. I'm still in Act 1. Yes. I've had it since the day of release and I'm still in Act 1. <laughs> I spent like 45 hours, if not more, in Act 1. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I'm ex the exact same way. It is infuriating to watch me play RPGs. <laughs> I am this close because I'm streaming it and I don't want my stream to miss out on anything. Obviously, they want to see the development, which is, again, what is slowing me down. I am this close to just playing it in my own time, recording it and putting it up on YouTube to make up the time because I'm sat here like... I want to play the game like either that or making like an off stream character that I can just play by myself but then I don't want to spoil it like I want my reactions to be authentic on stream yeah. so I'm really close to recording um, when I play it by myself like and I'm putting up on my YouTube channel just because I need to play the game like if I'm not on Twitch then I'm not playing it I'm just like at home just like rocking back and forth being like I want to roll some dice <laughs> Hey buddy, you want to roll some dice? I got some dice right here for you. You're like, uh, I need my, I need my next fix. <laughs> I really do. Though. My eyes twitching. I need a fix. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I've already planned out my next character. Me too, though. I know which one I'm playing next. He's gonna be a uh, uh, druid gnome, and his name is Snoggins, uh, and he's Brilliant. going to be romancing everyone. <laughs> yes. You have to be careful with the romancing everyone because some some of the characters don't like it. Some of them yes. are actually monogamous. So yep, good luck with that. I that was no, that's that's what I want to see. I want I want to experience the characters being like, I'm not okay with this, and then being like, okay, how would Snoggins get out of this situation? Perfect with with Snogging, <laughs> of course. That's 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 his of course. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. That's that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, Snog. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about some of the companions. Obviously, you're romancing Astarian, but uh, out of all of the characters aside from Astarian, who are your favorites, who are your least favorites? And let's kind of talk about those. It's difficult because um, Astarian is obviously my favorite. And then my second favorite is literally everybody else. So it's it's so nice to like get into a game where every single character is unique and likable for their own reasons and even the characters that i don't like as much i still like them mm -hmm. Do you know what i mean like when i was playing early access i actually romanced will not because i had it in mind that i was going to romance will but just because of how i played the game uh, when it got to the, the 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 party scene where like they they suggest like spending the night together will was the first one to do it and i was like all right let's go <laughs> so but then when i played the the full game with my actual bard like every five seconds I got a Starion approves. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then he started like, um, it was actually Gail who came onto my bard first. 
And the whole time that Gail was coming on to us, I was like, oh no, he's hot. What do I do? I'm like, no, I want to romance a star and I'll romance Gail next. And then, we, like you say, we meet Calrac. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'm Scottish. I keep going to call her Kalrak. Hey, Carlac. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah, Carlac. Yeah, that's yeah. her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, Carlac comes in, and obviously she's very dommy mommy. I'm like, oh, I can see why everybody likes her. Oh my god! And then she opened her mouth, and I was like, and 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 her facial expressions, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> she's genuinely adorable. She's genuinely hot. She's genuinely. It was like, um, I was worried that all of them are going to be stereotypes. I was worried that everything was going to be, I've seen it before, it's been done before, I'm so bored of it. No, not not a chance. No, every single character is hot and kissable and this is what we stand. Um, I think in my next game, if I don't play my asexual wizard, um, I think in the next game where I actually romance someone, um, I would love to make either... A nice, uh, really, really attractive, dainty little lady for ca- uh, for Calrac, or I would like to make like just the the twinkiest, the dory doriniest, twinkiest man for Gale. Um, but at some point, I will romance every single one of them. Um, I think that my next favorite is probably uh, Scratch. Oh my gosh! Right. <laughs> Scratch, is, Scratch so is my next favorite. You know, he's, <laughs> you know that he's voiced by the same actor that plays Cole, right? <laughs> I do. I absolutely do know. Oh, it's, it's so, so funny. It's so fantastic to uh, to randomly hear a Dragon Age voice actor and you're like, I know that person. It's great. Yeah. I keep waiting to hear like Matthew Mercer pop up as well because I know he's in it somewhere. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm just like biding my time and waiting for all the voice. Uh, it's funny because like I didn't recognize Cole's voice actor right away. It was only when someone said to me like, oh, he sounds like Cole. And I'm like, he does sound like Cole. And then I looked it up and I was like, it is Cole. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Scratch is easily one of the best characters in the game. And because uh, my bard has speak with animals as a default spell, I just talk to him all the time. It's so nice going around and talking to all the animals. Mm-hmm. I found those Scottish spiders. Oh my God, the spiders. <laughs> yeah, the spiders in the goblin camp are Scottish. And if you let them out of the cage, one of them shouts, freedom. And I'm like, fuck off, Larry and Studios, with your Scottish stereotypes, making me love spiders. How dare you? <laughs> I loved you, it. I thought it was so cute. And then you look at the two spiders and one of them's name is William. The other one's name is Wallace. And you're like, God damn it. No, they've got like terrible. blue face paint on oh, their on their awful. eyes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> um, their abdomens are tartan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Um, this is the only spoiler. I uh, well, I guess say spoiler, uh, but not for Baldur's Gate. It's for uh, Divinity Original Sin Two. You can do the same thing. You can talk to animals. The only thing I'm going to tell you is you are going to not want to afterwards talk to the animals in Divinity Original Sin 2 because everything is fucking tragic in that game. (laughs) And it's a lot. It's a like there's some there are some characters where it's like, uh, do you care about like a minor spoiler from the first act of DOS 2? No, I don't. If, If people are listening, and they don't want any spoilers skip ahead five minutes go <laughs> this is this is really quick there is a there's a, a dog that you meet in um the the very first act uh and 
trigger warning here. There's the, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's looking no. for his lost mate and then you find her and it's all bad. It's very, no. very, very tragic. That game does a lot of that though. Where like, and it's not even just with the animals. You'll meet someone and they're like, I'm looking for so-and-so. And then you find them and you're like, Oh God, why did I find them like that? Oh no. And then you kind of have to reckon. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Spoilers end there. That's it. Done. Um, okay. Yeah, no, talking to animals is one of my favorite things in Baldur's Gate. Uh, it, it just just I love the fact that you can walk up to Scratch at any time of the game that you want when he is in your camp and give him pets. Yep. And he always says, like, um, good to see you, my friend or something like that. Like, yeah. how are you keeping? I'm just like, who's your good boy? Who's your good boy? And you can throw a wee ball. Uh huh. You can throw the ball and he'll go and he'll pick it up and he'll bring it back to you. It's phenomenal. Um, there's right. another character that, uh, oh, there's another pet that ends up in camp. I'm not going to spoil, uh, who or what I know, they are. I know the pet. Yeah. I know the pet. Uh, and they're not used to getting pet, but when you do pet them, they say, oh, that's nice. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, my heart is breaking. This is so cute. <laughs> and they end up being best friends with Scratch. He's it's, like a big brother to him. Oh, yeah. it's the best. Oh my God. The game is, is, is just incredible. So my favorite companions, hands down, you know, obviously Astarian is is up there everyone is my favorite companion <laughs> exactly exactly the that's the answer that's it yeah. really is the answer um i uh uh like i said you know grundle is really close to Shadowheart. i love how her story has developed over uh mm -hmm. over the course of the last you know over three acts um all of the characters have very interesting stories that are not what they seem and what i love about everyone is that they all have a tragic flaw each yes. and every single one of them is flawed in a very important and integral way. So when you're having conversations with them, just keep it in mind because certain certain dialogue choices will make them go, hey, hold on a second. You're pushing my button in a way I don't like. And they will call you out on it if you do that. So you kind of have to keep everything in. Oh, it's it's like it's like managing a friend group. It's ridiculous. Literally. It's so good. Yeah. It's one of the things that I like um, because like the, the one that jumps to mind is Shadowheart. She doesn't like it if you push things. Like if she says she doesn't want to talk about something and you pry, it upsets her. Mm -hmm. So whenever that option comes up, I'm like, I'm not going to pry. She doesn't like it when I pry. And that's what's in my head when I'm talking to each of the the characters. It's um, it's brilliant. It's like, oh, Astarian doesn't like it when I'm not a brat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you'd be a little bit of a brat, a brat to Astarian. I think one of my favorite things is there was one very like not really a spoilery conversation, but there's one banter back and forth with Astarian where he says something like, "You don't find me attractive," and then uh, and you say, "Well, no, Carlac is hot. You're okay," and it's like his great approves and i'm like oh okay so he likes he likes that a little bit that's fine <laughs> and he agrees <laughs> she is it's so funny because like there, there was um uh, after i did carlac's personal quest she says like oh thank like she's obviously like on fire and she goes how do i look and i said hot and then the option came up and it literally just said hot and i'm like that's it that's the option it's like the game knows yes what i'm saying yeah which is one thing i like and I hope Dragon Age changes is that sometimes when you click on an option in Dragon Age, you don't get like it's not what you expect it to be. Mm -hmm. I like clear, concise things. I, if I'm clicking on an option, I want it to be that option. I don't want it to imply another option. Do you know what I mean? I don't want them to say something that I wouldn't say. And then it just literally came up hot, full stop. I'm like, yes, 
that's it. That's the answer. Click. <laughs> I do like uh, it's kind of like with Dragon Age 2, for example, where they have like the intent behind what you're trying to say. Are you trying to be funny? Are you trying to be a jerk or are you trying to be nice? And I, I do kind of appreciate that in Inquisition you have it like tells you, hey, this is how this is going to be perceived. I like that. Um, as a neurodivergent person, but at the same time, I can see that, like, no, if if this is actually what your character is saying and it's not, like, the intent of what you're saying versus what you're actually saying, if that makes yeah, sense. It makes sense. Um, I'm also one that needs intent. And if I'm reading the options, the dialogue options, and I can't tell the intent from the dialogue options, that makes me nervous. And I yeah. feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Age falls into that trap a little bit, whereas yeah. obviously Baldur's Gate does not. And I would like Dragon Age Dreadwolf to be very clear intent in the option so that I know what I'm picking. Because there's been a pl plenty of time where I've picked a dialogue option in Inquisition and gone, that's not what I that's not what I thought that meant. Reload. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's not what I wanted. So that would be good um, if, if Dreadwolf could take that on as well. I do have to say that I think that a lot of the characters from Dragon Age would probably get along really well with uh, with the companions in uh, in Baldur's Gate. And in fact, I I was just thinking the other day, I was like, OK, so like, obviously, everyone is going to get along pretty well with Will, except for like, you know, probably Morrigan is probably is not going to get along too well with Will, but she's a very particular sort of person who would probably get along with Astarian. Obviously, uh, the Iron Bull is also going to get along well with most of the characters, and he and Carlac would probably be fucking. <laughs> they'd either be buttonheads in a good way, like sparring yeah, yeah, yeah. buddies, or they'd be sparring buddies, they'd be if sparring you know buddies. what I mean. <laughs> and I mean, same thing with Sarah. Sarah would take one look at Carlac and just fall head over heels so <laughs> absolutely absolutely she's got horns and everything mm -hmm. she loves big kunari women she's gonna love carlac oh gosh yeah. i was um it was it's funny because like um a lot of um comparisons have been drawn to the dragon age characters and the Baldur's gate characters and um i made a joke the other day on my twitch stream because um i was listening to um gail talk about his condition mm -hmm. and he said i'm going to tell you about it but I need you to trust me. I'm not going to tell you what it is first until you say you trust me. And straight away, my Dragon Age red alarm was going off being like, Anders, is that you? Anders? Are we going to blow up a fucking Chantry? Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck? It's it's quite but the explosive like, revelation too. Yeah, you know, it's it's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I've been here before. Um, and but but that's the only that's the only comparison that I've drawn, whereas I've seen people literally draw direct comparisons and and people in the dragon age community as you know um can be pretty toxic when it comes to characters that you like if you like a character that they do not like suddenly you're a terrible person and you yeah. take on all the traits and ideas and morals of the character that you like and they're starting to do that not just the dragon age fandom i don't want to throw the all just the dragon age fandom un under the bus but there are a lot of people who are doing the same thing with the Baldur's gate companions mm -hmm. if you like a character that they don't like then you're a terrible person or if like people are being shamed for liking characters that other people don't like mm -hmm. and that again please stop that this don't is not that. how we play games yeah. this is not how we do exactly we don't do that uh one of the big things is that people have been very vocal about their dislike and distaste for Lazel, and i gotta tell you like 
I don't see that at all. Like, I get that she's very, she's an extremely abrasive person and kind of understanding that she's a fish out of water in a situation that she can't control from a very different society. It's it's very much like watching her kind of deconstruct herself through the course of the game. And so, like, it's uh, I think uh, David Gator even came to her defense and said, like, no, she's a really, really well written character. And I I see her as similar to like an Ashley or a uh, almost a a Sebastian type character, you know, where it's Vivienne Vivienne would be another great example. Yeah, where it's a character that it's going to take a little bit before you sort of get what's making her tick. And it's fascinating to see. And again, no spoilers, but like her her story is a slow burn. It takes a while before you start kind of seeing the uh, the fruition of it. You, You do have to deal with her abrasiveness, but it's. I mean, she's a great companion. She's very, everyone is well-written, but she's really well-written too. She's a brilliant character. And um, you have to remember that as a Githyanki, she comes from, like you say, a different cultural background. She has different um, ways of dealing things. And this is how her people deal with things. Um, Her direct rival as a Githyanki is the Mind Flayers. So that's affecting her in that way. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody very cleverly on Twitter point out that, would people still hate Lazel as a forward, outspoken, abrasive character if she was a man? That and was David Gator. He said that. He brought that up. Was yeah. that David Gator? Yeah, it's yeah. So, it's so correct, though. I mean, would you? Would you, like, still hate her if she was a guy? She's a brilliant character. This is, it's like with Shadowheart as well. Like, um, okay, yeah, she's abrasive, but she's hot, right? Yeah, like she's she's conventionally attractive. Therefore, oh, I love it when when uh, Shadowheart like puts me down. What because that she's like a gift Yankee is is that it? Like, what is the difference? What is yeah. the double standard here? Mm-hmm. She's she's a brilliant character. Now I haven't done her romance yet, but she brings something that I haven't seen since maybe um, the Iron Bull. Because like the Iron Bull is very much like into um, bondage and and things like that. She's more about she puts it as cardinal pleasure. So I don't know how the romance goes, but I like that it's very, it's not, it's not as delicate. It's not as pillow talky. It's not as, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's something a little bit different that, that fills in a different palette. Um, and it really upsets me that people don't like her. I think she's a fantastic addition. I like the, I wonder if it's the same people that don't like Morrigan that don't like Lazel. Do you it know what I mean? It probably is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, I can, I can totally see. It. And again, yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I think David Gator is right on the money here. If she was a male Gith Yankee character, people would be like, oh, daddy, say it to me again. Like they would, they would totally be all about it. Um, but I don't think that, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I absolutely think that there is some sexism going on within the fandom. <laughs> is what I see. <laughs> it's um, something that you all have to question yourselves yeah. about. Like, if you don't like a character, why don't you like that character? Is it because you genuine? Is there something genuine about that character that you don't like? Or is it just because you're expecting a specific character to be a specific way? Mm-hmm. And just because they're not that way, does that rub you the wrong way? And if it does, then why? This is all progression. It's all how we better ourselves as people and how we take representation of characters into the future like let's leave all of those prejudices and 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 double standards behind i think of like the way in which people dislike lazel and i had to interrogate the reasons why i dislike a character like ogren for example ogren is outwardly very gross he is a mm-hmm. drunk 
He's a mess of a human. He comes on to everyone in a really, really gross kind of way. And I see that as like this, uh, as a very toxic masculine identity. However, I also Mm -hmm. understand that he is somebody who is broken. He is somebody Mm -hmm. who is so extremely beyond redemption in his own head that he cannot pull himself together even when the world is at stake. He struggles to keep himself on his feet. And that Mm -hmm. is something that I don't think people are willing to admit about their dislike of the character is that this is somebody who very obviously needs help and your choices throughout Origins allow him to see in himself that he is better than, especially in Awakening, he actually sees himself as somebody who could actually do something good for a change, which is why he follows the warden into uh, Adamantine. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so like uh, I see that exact same, I see a parallel there between Lazelle and Ogryn, where it's like these are two characters who on the surface are very abrasive, but there is a reason for that abrasiveness, and there is a reason why those characters are acting the way they are, and it's incumbent upon you, the player, to recognize that they are written that way for a reason. Um, and I will say Lazelle, much better written than Ogryn, <laughs> but the point still stands. Yes. <laughs> the point still stands, and that's a very good point to make. It's Solus all over again. Yeah, People yeah. just want to look at Solus on the surface. They don't want to look at why he's doing the things, um, how he feels about the things. Um, like His whole backstory goes out the window because, oh, he left me. Like He didn't leave you. He's still madly in love with the, with the Inquisitor. He, that will never stop. Yeah. Nobody... Nobody wants to to look below the surface of the character. They just see them at surface level. To be fair, not many people can. It's not their forte. It's not something they're good at. They just take things at face value. And that's fine. But there are other factors involved. And people are more than skin deep. And that's what makes characters lovable and memorable is that they are people. They might be fictional characters, but if they're well written, they're layered like onions like ogres they are layered (laughs) that's how we remember them 2d (laughs) characters have like like one dimensional characters surface level characters you forget them Mm -hmm. they're easily forgettable there's no impact there's no emotional impact nobody can deny whether you like solace or hate him he left an emotional impact because he is a well written character he has depth and reason and motive and feeling and all of that stuff and that's why he made such an impact on the uh, the dragon age community for better or for worse and it's the same with the Baldur's gate characters because there are actual depth to them they have their own morals their own motives their own needs their own wants their own dislikes their own flaws that multifaceted aspect of a character is what makes them so good and i wish people could see past that because for me personally, um, not just as a gamer, but as a story writer, as an artist, as everything, one of my favorite pastimes even is character creation. And I love delving into um, lore and things. I love storytelling. And people forget that a story isn't just the whole game. It's not, it's not just the big picture of the whole game. The plot is not necessarily just the plot. It's the characters, the people involved. And if your characters don't carry any weight, your story is empty and void. And um, we need balanced characters like the the, the sweet side of, uh, of characters and, and, and the rough side of characters is what makes them 
likable and dislikable and it's okay if you dislike characters it's okay if you have characters that you don't like that just means that they're well written exactly. because like they have parts of them that you can either relate to or say that you don't like it's difficult when it's um turning into more of a toxic thing we have to keep it on the level of yeah i don't like lazel because i don't like abrasive people that's fine have you given her have you gone through her story have you given her a chance have you spoken to her and you still don't like her fine okay that's great but if you're just like writing someone off because they said some one thing one time then i mean you're missing out on a great character you're missing out on great storytelling and you're missing out on um potentially someone that you might like later on down the line like I just wish people could give things a chance before they write them off and try and see the depth and not just the surface. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm totally in 100% agreement with you. Yeah, it's it's <sighs> these characters are not written this way in a vacuum. They're not written this way as a uh, as a personal attack on you either. They are written this way specifically to tell a story. They are written this way to be something within the overall narrative of this that this game is trying to tell. It was an adjustment for me when I first was um, uh, uh, when I when I had Lazelle in my party and I was talking to her and I was like, OK, I think I was like, is she are they going for like a, a Ashley here? Or are they going for Ogren? What are they doing here? And then it wasn't until, you know, you actually start talking with her and connecting with her um, when your approval starts going up. This is the thing that I don't think people realize is that when your approval starts going up for the characters, they start opening up to you. You start learning more about what makes them tick. You know, unfortunately, I've had to not have a Starian in my party a lot. And it was because I'll do a lot of things and he'll disapprove. It's the Morrigan thing all over again. Uh, <laughs> where you want the yep. approval to go up. But you're like, every time I do anything in this game, he disapproves or, uh, you know, so I kind of got to, you know, you managing your party is like keeping certain characters in and out of the party as you go through. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I as you start talking to them and even Astarian in the beginning, I was like, he's very funny and he's very cute. What is going on here? He's because he, he, he's acting very hypersexual for some reason. Why is that the case? And then you start breaking down those barriers and you start seeing the reasons why. And it's like, oh, my God, there's so much more here. There's depth in everyone. Ah, oh, it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, my God. Baldur's Gate 3 game of the year. Hands down. Game of the year. Let's go. <laughs> beow, 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 beow. And, and game I, of the year. I, I hope that Bioware doesn't take this as a challenge or as a, you know, don't take this as a challenge. Don't try to make a game that is this ambitious. Just put out the game you want to make with the story you want to make. Because, yeah, the fandom is, you know, ignore the toxic elements of the fandom that are immediately going to say Baldur's Gate 3 is the better Dreadwolf. No, fuck that. They're making the game that they want to make, and I will be there and I will play it. Will I play it day one? I might wait for the first patch. That's just kind of how, how it rolls. Let's be honest. Baldur's Gate 3 is buggy as hell. It oh is my God, yes. not nearly as bad as like a Bethesda game, but it's pretty damn buggy. But to be as quality as it is, in spite of its flaws, is a real phenomenal thing. The scope of Baldur's Gate... Um just the size of it and 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 the, the the type of game that it is you fully expect bugs i mean it is at the end of the day something that is made and programmed things are going to be tested to death and you're still going to 
find things once it gets you won't know how a game plays until people are actually playing it and they've been really good with their hot fixes they've been rolling out fine they're not taking up too much time to download they're not taking up too much uh memory and stuff like that it is really laggy i've noticed when i'm whenever i'm streaming it it lags a lot but again that could just be my system i, I don't know if it's my system or if it's the game that's lagging but i have heard that people have been reporting that it lags a lot in act three yeah there's so, a lot of um, memory leaks towards the end of the game it's, it's it's like yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm going, I my computer is like this is on low settings and my computer is very, very powerful. It should not lag Same. this much. So but Same. it does. Yeah, it, it does a lot. And that's just it's it's just a, a, an issue with the programming. And I'm sure they'll fix it towards, you know, uh, <laughs> they'll probably fix it in the next couple of months. So yeah, I hope so. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah. And again, as players, it's something that we have to be patient with. It's not something that we can be overly angry with because they're doing everything that they can. This is this is just how it works. This is how software programming, all of that stuff just works. It's the nature of the beast, like I said. Mm -hmm. But um, it's still, I mean, yeah, game of the year. It's It's easily game of the year, but we cannot compare other things like you, you you it's like it's like comparing super mario to pokemon do you know what i mean like they're two yeah, different yeah. things it's maybe made by the same company but it's two separate things you can never like compare them like like sonic and mario you can't compare them as games and uh i'm worried this is my my biggest worry that i've seen with people is that um dragon age fans are already uh complaining that Dreadwolf will never be like Baldur's Gate is what Dreadwolf wishes it would be and again like I said at the beginning they're just setting themselves up to hate it before it's even been released and that's that's a shame that's a shame um, it will never be the same thing because it's not made by the same people it's made literally on a different engine with different writers different developers it's it's going to be a different thing and that's going to be okay because Dragon Age is not Baldur's Gate and that's just the bottom line so please please try and enjoy one thing for another and and uh, i just i'm worried that dreadwolf will it will get not get the reception that it deserves especially after all this time all this effort all this um care that's going in to it i i hope i i assume that it's it's a lot of care it's it's, it's a labor of love over these past years definitely especially with everything the ea bloody ea put dragon age 2 and inquisition through it's nice now that the devs have like their baby back mm -hmm. so it would be such a shame if people threw that away just because they're impatient so please if you take nothing else away from this podcast today Baldur's Gate, Game of the Year, Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Let's be patient and not hate it before it comes out. Great. <laughs> Something that uh, James Stephanie Sterling said in a video that they released uh, just in the last week or so was about specifically this and about uh, uh, people not recognizing what a position Larian was in before this game was released. They had put out like to this point, a couple of extremely well-received games and mm -hmm. they were releasing something on they're already on a career high with their last game mm -hmm. divinity original sin 2 so now they basically had a lot of that engine already built now all they had to do was kind of port things over a lot of the same engine works a lot of the same mechanics are the exact same um they have multiple studios all over the world with like 400 uh, employees all of them working on one game 
So that basically is telling us that, like, look, they have a bit, a pretty decent sized team, maybe not as large as some of the, the larger AAA developers, but they've got a lot of money behind them. They've got a lot of resources behind them. And they released this game in early access three years ago. And it was yep. a mess when it came out three years ago. Yes. But what they did is throughout the course of three years, they documented everything. They used their players as QA testers and like, oh, okay, so here's something that, oh, let's fix this. Let's fix this. Let's fix this. And so over the course of the last three years, they've been polishing this game up to make it what uh, the players want it to be. So they had a lot of wind in their sails going into this release. Understanding that and seeing that like BioWare has, you know, they've changed management uh, over the last yeah. like 10 years. So there's going to be a, a bit more They're They're going to have a lot more hiccups. There's going to be a lot more headwind that they're going to have to deal with as they go into the, the release cycle of Dreadwolf. So recognize that there are difficulties within game development that Larian didn't have or that mm -hmm. they did have, but they were able to address a lot of mm -hmm. game studios do not get what Larian had when they go when they went to release this game. We all have our own stories. We all have our own struggles. Um, it would be like you um, achieving something and I don't achieve the same thing, but because that makes you a terrible person. No, it doesn't. Because your story is different to my story. You obviously had like other opportunities. I'm not saying that this has happened. This is a theoretical thing that, that I'm just using as an example. But it's it's the same kind of principle. It's like being mad at somebody else for having different situations to you. You've got to just deal with what you've got and unfortunately dragon age has had a really rough production um uh, over the, the 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 years and and it's nice to see that maybe they're coming out of that finally but it does mean that an awful lot of it is set back so they're just at a different stage they're with uh, a different situation and um they're they're going to do i assume the best that they can with what they have and it's going to be great let's face it let's face it Dreadwolf is going to be great but Again, do you think that Dreadwolf should release an early access like what Larian did? I would be all for it. However, with mm. the caveat that if they do that, it will immediately be negatively received as an incomplete game. That's 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 kind of what's going to happen is if if they release this in early access, people are going to nitpick it to death. And when it finally releases the full version they will that's it's just the nature of the beast and it's because bioware has had such a history of releasing you know uh, not broken games but games i mean if you look at for example mass effect andromeda is a fine game in in fact i would dare say it is a really good game it's incredible i put it on the same level as mass effect 1 in terms of quality now but when it was released it was a broken buggy mess and what yeah. happened the sales suffered, the reception suffered, everything suffered because of that. And Bioware had to kind of roll it back. And then, yeah, they fixed it over the years. But people don't talk about Mass Effect Andromeda now as a shining mm -hmm. example of what a, um, a, a science fiction RPG could be, even though it is, even mm -hmm. though it absolutely is. They don't see it that way because it was released and it was buggy on release. If it was released in early access and it looked like it did, people still would have had the exact same response. So, but that's the point that, like you said, that's the point of early access. The no, point no, of no, early no. access. I agree with you. Is, yeah, yeah, totally. This is the problem: is that you're right. No matter what Bioware do from now on, the Dragon Age fandom is going to hate it. Yeah, it's 
they've put the Bioware devs now between a rock and a hard place. And it's it's really becoming a problem when I see people on Twitter constantly saying, right, okay, we've had enough of this now, Bioware. Release a trailer. When's the game coming, Bioware? You keep saying the game. We've had enough. We're impatient. We just want answers now. It's like, calm down. Please, please stop that. Because you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Even if they did release an early access, they could release the first kind of like, chunk of the game like what Larian did they could listen to all the feedback and perfect the game listen to what the players want and then take that into the actual development of the actual game and make it better but they won't because you're right they will nitpick they will absolutely slam them it'll just be twitter feeds of we wanted the full game and we get this absolutely outrageous that's exactly what's going to happen man i'm so heartbroken about it i know i know like and and even if they released it as like a free demo and it's like one story mission and it's a complete story mission and it is like perfect people will still find something to nitpick about it because it's only one mission and why'd you release it for free and is it you know is this even the full game how can we guarantee people would have something to say about it and it's just unfortunately the nature of the dragon age fandom at this at this point you know it's it's kind of sucks because a lot of the extended dragon age media is very good like we had very an entire good. we had an entire convert multiple podcasts about how good absolution was because it was great yeah. i went through and i read all of the comments and we do still need to talk about the missing too, uh, which which yes. is, don't worry, that is coming too in the future. Um, I uh, uh, yeah, I went and I read I read all the other comics, and I'm like, these are phenomenal! Like, oh my mm. god, this is incredible! The artwork is good, the the characters are good, the story is good, everything is good. So we <laughs> the, there's something about the fandom though that like they have this need that if it's not perfect if it's not exactly perfect and even if it is they're gonna have some issue with it so the best thing i could tell you eddie is when the game comes out we're just gonna have to deal with the fandom and like trying to trying to let their criticisms not be criticisms of us as content creators within the dragon age fandom uh get to us because somebody is going to always have something negative to say about it and that's, I guess, that's their prerogative. And for us, it's just going to have to be like, look, y- y'all can say what you want. We're just going to go into this with an open mind and know that that is the way that um, that will keep our peace of mind in a positive space. <laughs> exactly. If we play the game and the game is terrible, we'll report on it. But oh, we'll gosh, go in yeah. open-minded, open-hearted, and just hope that it's everything that the devs want. If the devs release release something that they are proud of and can say is what they wanted, it was their vision, it was their baby, then that's a win for them. If what they put out is not good, we will report on that. Of course we will. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as everyone says it is. In fact, I'm still very excited. Quietly excited. Big same. I agree. So what's next for us? Well, we're going to continue bringing you more updates for uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf as they come out. We're going to continue talking about Baldur's Gate 3 because there's a lot to talk about. And in fact, I think the next podcast we should talk spoilers. Um, okay. Because, yeah, if if you're okay with that, certain character aspects and certain things that the, the, the characters are going through. I know you're only in Act 1, but I think that by the time we're in, um, by the time that we hit the next podcast, you're probably going to be in Act 2? Probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, we'll we'll talk about Act One is is like in totality 
break down a couple of the um, the quest missions, a couple of the things that the, some of the character revelations that we uh, that we had in Act One. I might start a new character and just play through Act One again. <laughs> Literally, um, it's going to be really fun to see how different. Uh, your options, your choices were to mine. Like we'll compare how our stories went. That'd yes. be really fun. Oh, I love this idea. Okay, <laughs> so that's what we're gonna do next. So that's coming up soon in uh, in the Fade Cafe. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for being patient with us. I know that we've kind of been a little quiet over the last couple of months, but understand that you know we're we're humans and we've got some stuff going on in our personal lives, and we just have. It's it's been a scheduling thing. So uh, much like with Dungeons and Dragons, understand that scheduling is difficult <laughs> for busy adults with many important things to do. <laughs> I am fully confident that there isn't a single person that listens to our podcast that is mad about delayed episodes. I am absolutely certain that everyone that listens to us is an absolute sweetheart and doesn't mind and is just happy that a new episode is here now. So thank you guys very much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. One. Remember to come back for more! <laughs> <laughs> the Fade Cafe is a production of Cafe 3G and Unifade Walker. You can follow Unifade Walker at that handle on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and TikTok. Music and production by Cafe 3G. That's me. You can follow me at Cafe 3G on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review and don't forget to subscribe. Fen Harel Magellana Fenen. It is done. <laughs>